Welcome to Raising the Bar, the one and only podcast that centers the lives and experiences of women of color while discussing legal issues and policies. We aim to inform, educate, and provide concrete tools to empower, expand, and raise the bar for our communities and ourselves. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Hey y'all, this is Iman. Uh, Thank you for joining me with Raising the Bar with Iman. I am excited to share with you the second part of our COVID conversations. So today I'll release the second part of the conversation that I had with Bethany, Vanetta, and Janelle. This part of the conversation focuses on a lot of things. And I we touched on conspiracy theories in the black community when it when dealing with COVID, uh, the impact that this may have on multi-generational families, and the fact that we're, you know, this is very a really hard time for a lot of people, but we can't underestimate the fact that we're not damaging the planet like we were. So I'm excited for you all to listen. The first thing that we get into, and I think is where we left off in the, the last episode, is how I'm coping with this. So that's going to be the first thing we're going to pick. We're going to pick right up with how I'm coping with this, with me and my toddler with no daycare and still working. Fun times, y'all. So definitely stay tuned. But before, before we get into that, I wanted to get into the affirmations. Actually, something very quick. I saw this on Alex L's page, um, Instagram page, and I thought it was timely, especially for where I am right now. Um, and it says, dear self, release relationships that require you to perform. I think this is something that's so concise, but so straight to the point. And as we are in this new reality in which we're either spending a lot of time with our loved ones or we're not spending enough time with our loved ones. Either way you look at it, I think that this time that we are experiencing is allowing us to look and take a, a new look at a lot of relationships. And I will say, as you're doing that inventory of the relationships in your head, definitely keep an eye out for which relationships you're allowed to truly be yourself and show up however that may be. And which relationships are just exhausting as hell because you have to perform. And that can look like, you know, you need to downplay your joy because this person is envious or you need to, you know, do the opposite. You know what I mean? And you, or you're always angry or, you know, a person may trigger you in many different ways. And so I urge all of you during this time in which we may have a little bit more time to do that internal reflection to think about all of those relationships that are extremely draining and figure out the next best course of action for those. So like I said, up next, second part of the episode, second part of the interview, and uh, we will get into, we start immediately, I get into how I'm coping with this stay-at-home order and this toddler. So I hope you enjoy this interview just as much as we enjoyed recording it. And I'll check back in after the interview just to say bye. I think I'm compartmentalizing uh, a lot. Um, So as far as day-to-day, you know, working, trying to work and parent a toddler, I'm overwhelmed for the most part during the day. I am. 
Um, but, but the first maybe week was bad. This past week was not as bad. And it was because, um, one, I realized my child just wants to be seen. Um, and he just wants to know he's just as important as whatever's on my computer. And so like, I try to, um, one day he wanted me to wear a hat. We both put on hats. And every time a certain song came on, I would drop whatever I was doing. I would dance with him like crazy dances and you know what I mean? Cause he just wants to be seen. Um, and my family seems to not be coping with this as well as I had hoped. Um, and so just trying, thinking about them and wishing them well and trying to be there for them. And you know what I mean? Like that, that's taken kind of a toll on me. Um, and it made me think about folks that even before this, that really don't have good coping mechanisms and may lend on other addictive behavior. Like what, what are they doing? Right. Cause th- this is, we can't underestimate the way this has changed our society. Right. We can't underestimate the way that this changed. This has changed how we engage and interact with each other. And we, and certain people can handle it and then certain people can't. And, um, if anything, this has shown us how interconnected we are. And you know what I mean? Like, this is like, it's breaking and we're trying to build it up, but it's not going to be built the same way. And we should not try to build it the same way. And it's not going to look the same way. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely better. Um, I have to realize this is a marathon and not a sprint. And what that means is, Iman, you know, you can't get drunk every day. You can't have, you know, you can have maybe a glass of wine or a beer every day. But you know what I mean? Like, you can't, I can't be hungover every day waking up like, damn. You know what I mean? Like, no. <laughs> Just because the the, the the shelter in place wine is there does not mean you should drink it. Um, and that's just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm learning. But this past week was definitely better than the week before. I want to add to the therapy piece and I, I encourage all people, like if you have the ability or access to a therapist, cause that's what has helped me this whole time. I think my therapist was kind of like surprised that I was, it, I'm, I seem normal. And I think cause I've been in therapy for a little bit over three years. So I kind of know how to cope with these types of things. And I know that everyone don't really have access or can afford therapy, but I encourage you if you can to kind of just think about doing that in this time, because it can be hard if you never really sat with yourself to actually be, to have the shelter in place and have to actually sit with yourself and just reflect. And that can challenge you, you know, that can lead into me drinking a little bit more than I expected or me doing things um, that I, you know, that I know I shouldn't be doing at this time. Yeah, I, 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 I see it playing out and, you know, I, I, I'm definitely trying to be more intentional on um, my thoughts And the reason why I say I'm compartmentalizing is because, you know, I'm allowing myself to feel feels, but then I turn them off. Like, nah, first of all, Jonathan is not allowing me to be happy, to be sad. Like we're not, (laughs) you can't be sad. You can't be mad. You can't be angry. You can only delight yourself in my presence because I am Jonathan. Like that is how he feels. Every day, 24 hours. (laughs) Also acknowledge that I am, I am, when I'm, when I, when I'm well rested, when I am, you know what I mean, taking care of myself, I'm just a better parent. And you know what I mean? We already can't go outside. You know what I mean? I want to be a shitty parent and can't go outside. (laughs) 
You know what I mean? So I'm just being very intentional and my son already is changing. And even at two years old, I need to acknowledge that this is impacting him. And he may not, he may not know it, but I feel like he feels a shift too. And just to be fair to him, I need to be, I need to be the best person I could be because we don't know when this is going to end. Um, but I do want to talk about, you know, we talked about the multi-generational families and, you know, a, a lot of, you have families in which I think most of us, aside from Beth, you chose to be, you know, with your family, which I probably would too, because my mom cooks. Um, but, you know, the, the rest of us live alone. And so I think in our communities, like we need to probably talk about where you have families, you have people ranging age, you know, some people um, are still going out. Um, some people not going out. So can we talk about how that, that just that dynamic will more than likely impact minority communities and low income communities and how that may exacerbate the issues? You know, it's kind of one of those things where it's like the top, the, the kid, when you told you can't have something you wanted even more. Right. And, um, I know, I, I don't live alone. I have, my cousin lives with me. Um, we're roommates. And uh, one thing I have been very, and that's, it's, it's kind of a sort of new situation. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's less than a year. And uh, I have been very fortunate in this time. Like, wow, I'm not here by myself, you know? And it's something I never really thought about until this, right? It never bothered me to be here by myself before she got here but now that it is I'm like dang how would this look if I was here by myself I really don't know what that would look like and um so I get how you have the desire to not be alone right in in wanting to go and you say well it's my family somehow it's different if you're visiting family versus visiting friends and I my family in Augusta they are still visiting each other they're not being social with other people but they still driving around visiting each other um mid-march i call my grandma say what you doing she said we just got through visiting yolanda and i said yolanda they had a baby three days ago she was like yeah i didn't hold a baby oh jesus oh grandma thanks for thinking of the baby (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I mean that was an accomplishment for her y'all she was like I didn't hold the baby and I was just like oh Jesus okay so you know and black family dynamics are just a different thing you know and like Bethany my best friend who's married with a kid she at her mom's house and her husband gotta come visit them because he worked for UPS so he's still working. So, and she said, oh, well, I'm not going to be here with this baby myself. So she's been living with her mom, her mom's house. Yep. And I'm like, y'all going to get put out because your mama didn't sign up to have no two-year-old running around her house every day for a whole month and a half. <laughs> so on one hand, it's like, wow, that's, I get it, right? You just love, it's my family. I want to spend time with them. But how? I don't know how we draw that line and, to say, but this isn't healthy. Like, this is not what we need to do right now. This isn't the government trying to break the black family, y'all. We, we just, we can't, we can't do it. And I, and I'm gonna, like Iman said, I'm gonna make some phone calls. And I'm, I'm not gonna say don't visit her, because I don't want her to feel isolated in this time. But I'm gonna say, when you walk through that door, your hands need to hit water and antibacterial soap. Your shoes need to come off, and you need to have a mask on. And if you feel like you can't do that, you need to be okay with not visiting. Mm-hmm. 
Because if you love her enough to visit her, how could you not love her enough to take those three simple steps? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and I think, you know, we also touched on, you know, a lot of our family may not, I keep getting um, that this is, I don't think, I don't, okay, so let me say this, hoax thing, right? You either got the, this is a democratic hoax because we don't want Trump to be in office, right? But I don't even think that the conspiracy theories I've gotten in our community have anything to do with Trump and Democrats, right? They're like on some you know, this man created the coronavirus and he said that he was going to unleash it to the world. The 5G with the cell phone towers. I've heard that one multiple times. We are a creative people, you know, and I, I, I don't, I can't, and I know that's why some people are being so defiant, you know, but y'all, we just, I don't know who comes up with this stuff. And here's the thing. I don't, I believe all conspiracies are loosely based in truth, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying the 5G thing is not true. It may not be true about this, but it, it <laughs> might be something to that. I don't know. But I just, I don't know who comes, I guess my, and I'm like, am I am I not woke enough, y'all? Like, I don't Right, know. like, is there a website that they go to to read this? <laughs> I'm not getting any, like, credible sources. Like, I'm confused. <laughs> right. Like, that's what my thing. I'm not reading it. If it's not coming from a, dot org or something like that i don't know if i want to read it so where are you guys getting this information if you getting it send it to me because i can't read it. I, i'm not reading right okay, but, and, the black i'm not doing it and also my thing is like what we're being asked to do this isn't like the syphilis drug test they're not asking to inject us they saying stay at home no <laughs> bethany come through this is not the tuskegee airman experiment what are y'all doing just stay home but I think there's always I think like you said it's like anytime because even me like for largely I was at home for two weeks before we were told to stay at home and I didn't want to go outside until someone told me to stay at home and I was like <laughs> But you, I was happily in the house, y'all. I also had daycare at the time, so let's make no mistake about it. But now, and it's like, now you let it be over 60 degrees. I will sit out on my porch and look at my neighbors. But how could you not, especially with the weather being good? Kind of, the, the, I'm sure LA, they don't know how to act with that clean air they got. Right uh, oh, skies are blue. <laughs> the birds is chirping. The things <laughs> sing, the, you know, they singing, the fish swimming. They like, Lord, y'all don't know how to act. Well, even said that the earth, like seismologists said that the earth is not rumbling as much. Because, you know, we just, we, we were trashing our planet. We mm-hmm. are. That's we interesting. Trashing. Our planet, our planet oh, is saying, poor child. Thank you, Jesus. She don't like us. She don't like us. <laughs> Be done with us. <laughs> the break in, in and of itself, you know, and it, and to me, it's something in knowing it, like people think it can't be done, but it can be done. And we are learning in this moment what can be done. And we can't, in America, you can't claim to be the smartest, the, all the, everything we claim to be and you can't rise up to this occasion accordingly you know what i'm saying like that's how i feel we rise up we number one girl in cases number one <laughs> we like to lead right Three hundred thousand rising. that is not the rising that i want for <laughs> you know? 
lastly, I don't want you know this to be last, but the Black church and faith. You know, we recently, um, in a lot of the Southern states and Midwestern states, I think that they're, you know, they feel as if, you know, church is just as important as hospitals. And so they shouldn't close. And, and you know, I think I just saw, it was a video, um, a lady was like, I'm covered by, you know, the blood. And she's not going to get it because she's covered by the blood. Listen, I'm a Christian. I believe in the Lord. I have faith. However, I'm still staying in place, right? And so can we talk about just the role of the Black church and whether or not, because I've seen a couple of pastors, of course, that have urging their, you know, close down the church, the urging their the parishioners to stay away. Well, yeah, their um, congregation stay away. And then I've seen others that are not. <laughs> um, and I think and I, I do, you know, I believe in the power of prayer. I believe in faith. I believe in all of that. But I also, I think it, it can be coupled with common sense and it can be coupled with just um, with science. Um, and so I just wanted to talk about what did you all think should be the role of the Black church? Because um, I think especially for a lot of our older Black people, the church is a very integral part of their lives, right? And they'll believe they're pastable before they believe anybody. Um, and just where do we see, how do we see that playing out in our community? And do you think in the, and, and eventually will it harm us more than hurt, help us, only say help, yeah. Yeah, I think that you're right in terms of specifically some of our older family members, but even some of the younger ones, right? Like they will leave their pastor over anything that anybody else says. And it's just scary, specifically the churches that are continuing to hold services, right? Because I don't know, I had read, a, it was like a newspaper article about South Korea and their patient 31. Um, and this was a person that they can track 80% of all South Korea's cases back to this one lady. And she had got it, got diagnosed and went to church. And then from church, Everybody that was at her church that she came in contact to, they like went to a funeral, went out. And basically, like I said, 80% of the cases, they're tracking back to this woman. And, but it's like, that is how it spreads. When you're going into these environments with a lot of people that you're coming in contact with who are then going to go out, like that is why it's not like they're just saying, don't go to church, y'all. They say don't go anywhere where it's going to be over 10 people. Mm -hmm. But the, the concern I have is that there are a lot of pastors that are, you know, saying that we are covered by the blood. And I, again, I also can consider myself a Christian, even though some people might disagree with me, but I, I'm like, they are going to continue to like perpetuate this and get a lot of people sick. Like my parents' church, they have shut down and they're doing e-services or whatever. So they're just recording the service and the pastor is posting it. And I'm pretty certain, again, I don't talk to God that frequently, but I'm certain that he is not going to hold it against you. If you go to church via your laptop than if you go in person, you know? <laughs> No, you're right. And I told, I was telling some people yesterday, I did a um, a brunch and Bible virtual thing yesterday. And we were talking about how I think, unfortunately, some churches um, are going to show their worth in the sense of, you know, when you make religion and spirituality about a physical building, that's where you're going to lose some people. You know, um, and uh, I was talking to my grandmother because uh, I don't know if you guys saw the article about the pastor in Tampa that held not one, but two services that Sunday. The one who got arrested? Huh? Yeah, the one who got arrested. 
Um, and my grandma was like, you know, and you know, it's a verse in the Bible that say, you know, when people was asking about taxation in light of religion, and he said, give Caesar his due, right? And so it's like, you got to be smart and, um, and, and, and just not put your congregations in, in jeopardy on top of not making it seem like they have less faith or it's an impairment in their faith because they are have anxiety or because they're worried about it. Um, and somebody actually told me during this, but I don't have to watch it about a, um, a, a sermon called Still Scared. Basically, you know, because, you know, we talking about everybody keeps talking about faith, faith, faith. But people like, no, you should don't make pe- don't tell people it's something wrong with them being scared. That's that's what faith is, is equipping people to deal with being scared. It's not saying something's wrong with your your connection to God if, or whatever your being is. If you feel scared, it's saying I am scared. He is perfected in my weakness. Let me turn to him, you know? So, and I feel like a lot of pastors are going to miss the mark with their congregations in this situation because they are taking a different direction. And then, you know, also like I am looking at how some of these people are reaching out to the people who are losing their jobs, to the kids who are having, the mom who got five kids and, you know, she don't have enough devices to make sure all these kids can do e-learning. You know, like those are the, and I mean, not saying they have to brag about that stuff, but I mean, it's just so many other ways to make yourself relevant beyond the Sunday service. And I, I'm, I'm interested to see who go do that. It's not many of them. Um, well, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, because frankly, I've only been, you know, I've only seen the pastors that are on foolish stuff. I haven't, I'm not aware of the pastors that are doing right. You know well, who, who besides uh, Jamal? Ugh. Um, the pastor, uh, um, okay. And then it was a couple of, you know, I'm covered by the blood. They were coming out of church. Uh, and so I, I, I'm, listen, y'all, I'm not, listen, I am not a journalist. I'm not a researcher. I'm not a scientist. But I really think these Midwest states are going to have us in the house until September. They certainly are. I really but think. I would, well. No, I want to. It would be interesting to see once we come out of this, like how the church is going to start treating people if they do continue their e, you know, services online. Like, are people going to show up now? You know, but some people maybe some days are difficult for people to actually go physically walk into the church. Like they have to look online. So to kind of see how is that going to change the tone of like you're not you. You're not as engaged or as, you know, I don't know the terminology, but you're not, you know, as Christian because you're not physically going into church and you're just viewing it online. I would love to see the conversation after that, especially if they continue to do the um, e-sermons online. I think a lot of, I mean, and I think that's the thing. I think a lot of people, a lot of churches, it's been more of a mainstream media, mainstream church thing that have like the pod, the podcast or the streaming mm-hmm. services. You know, you have the bigger churches where that's a part of their normal ministry. I do think some of the smaller churches, that's something that they probably about it took for granted or didn't do because they don't have the platforms that the John Gray's, the Joe Olsteen's, you know, the Craig Oliver's, and they don't have those platforms. But I do feel like it's what you said, but I think it's the opposite too. It gives you a lot of time to connect with sheep without the politics of church. 
You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And it in in because people are going to be because one of my friends and she's like, what are people? How, you know, how do you think agnostic people are feeling right now? Like, you know, how did in this time of what are they tethering their stuff to for like hope? And I was like, I don't know because I'm not agnostic. What you say? I'm thinking science. I'm thinking mm-hmm. they. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of this is survival of the fittest, right? This is this, this is maybe true um, too. Yeah, that might be God's word. Um, <laughs> no, then this is the way in which we, you know. Will be yeah. So I, it may be that I don't I don't know, but I I definitely think and you know I think this goes into the last question is how do you think will will change especially this country will change after this you know this country's response to this I I just did an episode I mean, episode on the CARES Act right the two trillion dollar relief package um to kind of uh, respond that's how the government responded to this and you know when compared to you know, Canada's, which were, was in the billions, right? Mm-hmm. Canada was in the billions. Their people get money for four months, right? I think either $2,000 a month. I can't remember that. But they get more money and they get it over four months. It was not as much money totally. It was in the billions. I was in the trillions. And we, they already get universal health care. So <laughs> mm-hmm. we get a one time. And keep in mind, it's a tax credit. It's a future. Ta- it's a tax credit towards our 2021 taxes. So it's really not a payment. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had an advanced tax credit, right? So we get the $1,200, um, which phases out the more money you make. Um, but it phases for- down too, though. It phases down and up and down, right? 75 is the peak. And then you go up, it phases down. And you go down, it phases out. Isn't that how it works? Don't no, direction. If your AGI was seven. If you're single, if your AGI was seventy five thousand or less, you get the full twelve hundred. Oh, and okay. That, yeah, and then that it phases out until ninety nine. So if you're if you're single and your AGI is over is a hundred thousand dollars, you get zero. Okay, I thought uh, it went both ways. My bad. Yeah, and then it's different for of course married and then head of household, and so and just you know our country. I think our the government's response to this was definitely unique, but it wasn't unique to the United States. What I mean by that is unique compared to other countries and how they responded, right? When you think of, there are many countries in which people, everyone's told us to go home yet still being paid 70% of their salary, right? But the, 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 the response wasn't unique to the United States. Mm-hmm. They've been on bullshit. And this is just, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's what I mean. You know what I mean? Like the fact that, majority of the money that goes to corporations right that united airlines is like i know it may not be united or maybe united was like yeah y'all gave me these millions y'all gave me all these coins not to lay people off but less i'm still gonna lay them off after september 30th right Mm -hmm. so i think the question for y'all is how do you think this will change us i don't think it's gonna change our government i don't think that we're gonna I don't think that we're going to see a major shift in the way our government responds to things. And Vanetta, definitely, if you feel I'm wrong, definitely let me know. No, I'm, I'm, it's not that I think you're wrong. I guess I'm just trying to figure out how could they not. What are you having? There's so many failings in this. <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think the small business landscape will change. Businesses will, well, not even, I think large businesses too. I think businesses will either downsize or go out of business altogether, right? Mm-hmm. 
I think that people, hopefully, um, if they can cope through this and get through this, right, I think that we're hopefully we'll see a change and just um, not going to be a lot of handshaking. <laughs> um, oh, does that mean people at church will stop trying to hug me? Because that's what I want. I'm <laughs> 40 years old. But you know, but you know what? I think so. I think it'll be a cultural. I think that'll be cultural. Like that shift. That's probably what I was trying to say. Um, but do you think that I don't think this is going to change our government at all? You know what? I think you're right. I don't think the government, because we've had nothing like this big, but every time there's something ridiculous at the government level, especially the last three years, I'm just like, are people going to wake up? And the answer has been no consistently every single time. (laughs) But you know what I do hope comes from this is that going back to like cultural or regional, like I've seen a lot of criticism when they sent everyone home from the disabled community, right? Where they've been saying, look, I've been asking for something simple, like, can I do my classes remotely for years? And universities have told me astoundingly, no, that's not something we can do. But yet now, all universities seem to be able to have remote courses Um, or even workplaces, right? For like working mothers, like, can I get a day or two out the week where I can work? You've been told no. And so now people are like, oh, okay, this is feasible. You just haven't wanted to do it. And I really hope that in terms of especially like ground grassroots organizing that people, you know, use this as an example to fight back and be like, these are some very simple accommodations and requests we have. And we've seen we can do it during COVID-19. Um, so hopefully on a, on a smaller local level, I hope that changes. Um, but that's really the only hope I have. <laughs> Yeah, same here. Hopefully it's also changes schools. Like this will give um, especially maybe high schoolers advantage to actually graduate if they have like issues in regards to like maybe they had a baby and they can't go back to school. They can't attend school anymore. Or maybe there's something in their household which prevents them to go back to school. Like this can probably help with just the increase of graduates, high school graduates, if they continue to have like online learning. Um, I also think that this might help people to start like creating their own businesses out of necessity at this point, right? So more business, hopefully we'll have more business owners after this. Um, I just think it's going to affect people just on the people level. I'm, I'm, I'm not confident about the government, but on a people level, it's going to, I think this is within the next three months, people are going to start evaluating their relationships, their households, their companies, like how your company is actually managing through this. Like, do I want to stay with the company who is now allowing me to work from home when this is, has been happening for like for the past three months. Like those conversations are definitely going to come up. I mean, I'm looking forward to the business, not looking forward to, but I do, I've been trying to keep myself abreast of how certain businesses have responded to know who I will continue wanting to do business with and who I don't. Um, like one of the things I know when Big Lot sent their email out, they talked about the fact they were increasing the hourly staff wage by $2.00. Um, because they they are there, you know, or the Hobby Lobbies who like, yeah, you ain't getting nothing and God forbid you get it. Now you ain't got no insurance because we like, you know, um, so they won't ever see me no more. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I, I think um, I, I, I know it's going to be a shift, um, kind of all the ones that Janelle touched upon emotionally, educationally, um, I was talking to a friend this morning. I had saw this thing on Facebook where they talked about the kids who have been graduating in 20, this year are the kids born during 9-11. And mm. I was like, I didn't realize that at first. Cause I was like, well, no, that was, you know, that's 19, you know, and then I realized, oh, but they're fall babies. So they all would have had late birthdays. So they would have been graduating this year. And I was like, 
and just think about the kids right now who are young. So those kids don't know what a world, what the world looks like without some of the restrictions that were the result of 9-11. And now it's going to be a group of kids who don't know what the world looks like beyond everything that is about to be the ramifications of this. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I, I, I just, I was talking to one of my friends and I was like, you, her son is five. And I said, uh, for her other two kids, she was just talking about the writing activity. I said, you should have a writing activity where they write him a letter every week because he's not going to remember, right? Like, mm-hmm. even though he lived through it, he's not going to get it, right? Like, um, mm-hmm. he just, he, she was like, yeah, girl, he just think it's summer. Like, <laughs> you know, he don't really understand. So I think it's going to be interesting that we, as a generation who's seen all those things, we won't know until a couple years now. We'll be like, man, remember we used to... Mm-hmm. you know and it's like mm-hmm. oh you know and I think a lot of companies like Janelle said have been slow to adopt you know certain work from home it, things because of a the technological infrastructure they would have to pay to support that right because I told I say desktops are done desktops and work on yeah it's over. They they are only going to buy laptops from now on. Because I still, I mean, as an auditor, I go to companies all the time and people have desktops, you know, and I think that's a laptop they can take home. So I think it's going to be a lot of a kind of shift like that. The government thing, I do think something's going to change. I don't know what it is, but I think something's going to change. Even if it's just <laughs> that we get rid of the, the animaniac that's currently in office. Because he's handled this so. Oh, recently. I think so. I, I, something goes. I don't know. I think people are hopefully they they're going out to vote this year. And you know, and Janelle, I think these local elections because he has delegated down so much. These because on the daily had a mm-hmm. podcast about the resurgence of governors, right? And how so many of presidents have been governors, and look where we at, friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll see. But thank y'all. I know I know I've already taken up a lot of y'all. Thank time. you. I are <laughs> smart. You is beautiful. You is smart. You <laughs> and I think I may have to do this in two episodes. I'm not sure because it's long. But I just thank y'all so much. <sighs> thank you for starting the conversation. Yes. And thank you. This is my social event of the week. So I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. I'll talk to y'all later. All right. All right. Bye. Bye, ladies. Stay healthy. Bye. Yay. So I am so glad that I was able to share with you all that conversation. If this conversation is just not a testament to the wonderful, beautiful, intelligent women that I surround myself with, that I don't know what it is. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you, Bethany, Janelle, and Vinetta for just your time your conversation, your intellect. I appreciate the three of you so much and I am glad that we were able to do this. I hope that you all will join me again. Hopefully we're not talking about COVID. Hopefully we're talking about something and we're outside somewhere enjoying outside and outside is back open. So yeah, thank you ladies. And for everyone, thank you for joining me on this episode I look forward to speaking to you again. Don't forget www.rtbpodcast.com. Stay safe and stay blessed. Talk to you soon.